saying goodbye to insecurity, inferiority, and inadequacy once and for all this week on Winning the Week. Hi, everybody. It's Kylie and Shannon, and we are together again. Yay. You know what that reminds me of? That little We're song. We're together again. Yes. Yeah, that, that one. one. Shelly's favorite song. <laughs> yes. Just praising the Lord. <laughs> We're yeah. together again. In one accord, wherever you're listening from, we're right here in Oklahoma. Yes. And and we have so, a pretty heavy subject, but I, I believe there's some freedom that's going to come today. I believe that. Um, why not start the year in freedom? In freedom. Freedom from those three eyes. Yes. Insecurity, inferiority, and inadequacy. So uh, why do we have any type of of power to talk about this at all (laughs) (laughs) well i would hate to say i had a phd in inadequacy but (laughs) that was probably uh would describe it adequately Uh because my whole life uh because of things that happened in my childhood and things that were said to me by uh people in authority in my life i took on inadequacy and Everything that I said, did, it was out of that place of inadequacy mm-hmm. or inferiority or intimidation. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I excelled at sports, but we're talking about daily living, uh, there was always those feelings there and caused me to second guess myself. Uh, you name it. Mm-hmm. Self-doubt, self-loathing, self-hatred. Uh, never feeling good enough, those yeah. kinds of things. Can, can we uh, roll back that? Because you may hit home with some of our viewers, just mm-hmm. some experiences that you had. What are some of the dialogue or the words that were on replay in, in your soul that made you feel that way? Uh, well, many times a week I was told that I was stupid mm-hmm. and that I wouldn't amount to anything and that I was too stupid to learn by someone you trusted? By someone I trusted. Mm-hmm. And um, so I began to believe that about myself, that there was really not any use in studying hard at school, even though I did, but I was a C student, and I figured for somebody with such a low IQ that I had, because I had been told that I was stupid, well, that C is pretty good. I see. And just to be average. So you lowered your expectation of yourself. I had I had no expectations. I figured a C was, you know, right there in the middle and mm-hmm. and um, couldn't do any better. Right. So I accepted that as good enough. Right. For me, and because of those conversations, those phrases that were told to me, um, I didn't think very highly of myself. I didn't put any like thought, there wasn't thoughts of like success or, you know, anything like that. Because if you don't have expectation, then uh, you won't, you don't set the bar very high for yourself. It's just kind of like you just go with the flow and whatever happens, happens. And, you know, that kind of thing. So so you saw these three eyes, we call it three eyes for short, Uh, insecurity, inferiority, and inadequacy. Uh, you saw them popping up in different phases of of your whole life. Absolutely. Um, like I said, first of all, you know, schoolwork. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then when I went on to college, um, I was separated f- uh, from that person that had such that heavy voice, even though it was still there, but it was softer now because I'm out in my own environment in college. And when I went to college, it was the first time that I had ever made an A. And I remember the teacher, uh, professor wrote on my paper, you can really sling a phrase. And I thought, wow, she's a professor in English. And, mm-hmm. and so I began to see little glimmers of hope, but there was still that voice in the back of me um, saying you're a failure, mm-hmm. you're never going to make it. Right. And so it was a constant battle for me from the time of single digits yeah. all the way up until uh, just this past year, 2022, at 50. 50 years old. You know, um, this makes me think a little bit before we go into like the the moment where you saw freedom, which we're going to touch on in just a minute. But it makes me think of how last week when we talked to Denise Renner, where she fully established fully in the ministry for how many years and still had to deal with these same things uh, based on, you know, just a comparison of who her husband was and, and all of that. So what I'm saying in this is the enemy is no respecter of persons. No, he, he tries the same tricks right on every single person. He has one mission and that's stealing, killing and destroying. And if he can keep you frozen, I've seen in my own experience, right? Because I don't feel good enough to step out or I didn't, I didn't, I, I, where, where it happened with me was, um, I, I so compared myself to somebody else that I would just, I would say, no, let me back up. I see you would be better at this than me. And I don't even try. You don't try. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, but it's the same thing. It boils down to the syrup, down to those three eyes, feeling insecure, inferior, inferior, or inadequate. Right. And we have to understand that Satan works, our enemy works in the realm of not enough. That's his whole world that That's he so wants good. to paint for us. And so what does it sound like? You don't pray enough. Right. You don't worship enough. Yeah. You don't read your word enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not pretty enough. Right. You're not smart enough. Whatever that not enough is, he will create a phrase or paint you a picture that you're not enough. You could have just done a 21 day Daniel fast, right. which many people are doing. Or you're in the middle of right now. <laughs> uh, you might be in the middle of, and he would say, well, you didn't do it long enough. Right. Or you could have just came out of a three hour prayer session where you know you were connected and, and things moved and happened. And right after that, he would come at, he would come out and he would say to you, you didn't pray long enough. Right. Who do you think you are? Mm-hmm. So he works. That's his language is not enough. That's true. And it's good to know that because once you know that, when that voice comes, you, you can, you can say, no, it. Yeah. that my father wouldn't talk to me like wouldn't that. Talk to me. That's not my thought. That's the enemy talking to yeah, me absolutely. to make me feel less than, even though God made us more than. Yeah. And so I'll, I'll tell you how the situation happened Yes, please. for me to get free of this whole thing. And mm-hmm. it, it was very unexpected. Uh, sometimes I think uh, the Holy Spirit kind of sneaks up on me. Well, uh, <laughs> I think he knows you. <laughs> he does. I think he knows how he has to do with you. And he will take situations that seem like I'm not there for a spiritual reason. I'm just, right. you know, I'm just passing through people. Okay. And so here's how it happened. Rolling through. I, uh, m- 
my cousin recently passed away uh, at 51, and I'm 50. And, uh, you know, so it was uh, very close to home. My sister passed away at 52. And so anyway, I went to the funeral, and we were on our way to South Dakota yes. to minister. Uh, you and me. Yes, mm-hmm. Kylie and I were on our yeah. way. And so um, some weather had came into South Dakota, so we were praying about when to leave uh, what the, what the plan was really, and um, so I had kind of thought that I wasn't even going to go to this funeral because we needed to get to South Dakota to right. beat this weather, but the weather came in sooner, and so we prayed on Thursday. We're supposed to leave on Friday. We prayed, and I heard very distinctly, uh, "Go to this funeral and then drive halfway, spend the night, and then go the next day into South Dakota, and it will give the." Uh, the plows time to plow the roads and you'll be fine. So that's exactly what we did. We both had peace about that. And we uh, went to the funeral the next day and uh, the funeral, you know, the man doing the funeral had no fault to his own. And I don't say anything I'm getting ready to say as passing judgment. So just understand that he, you know, when you don't know somebody, you can't really tell a lot about them especially in a funeral. So you can read the obituary and you can, you know, kind of say some of the things the yeah, family has said. We don't think the pastor knew your cousin. No, yeah. I don't think he knew him at all. So, but anyway, it was just rough because he was speaking about someone he didn't know. And, um, and I was sitting there, I'm like, Lord. He was mispronouncing his name yeah, and all and, kinds of things. You know, I, I could tell I was, I was kind of grieved like, Lord, you're telling me, he, he, he's gone and this is what his life amount to is this somebody not even knowing who he is talking about him. And so I just put my head down and I, I knew I had to turn inside. And if you are unfamiliar with that term, basically what it is, is I started pressing into, uh, the, the Holy ghost in me. And, um, when I did that, uh, I heard this phrase, right here. And it was insecurities and inadequacies don't matter anymore for your cousin. And I thought, what? And because you have to understand, uh, he was cremated. So the urn is up there. Okay. And, um, I was looking at it, you know, thinking, man, this is, that's all, that's it. That's what's left. And, uh, the Lord began to talk to me about, um, how bowing to insecurity, bowing to intimidation, bowing to inadequacy, and never feeling good enough, good enough in your life um, led to or can lead to choices being made that are detrimental to your health. Ooh, say that again. So bowing to fear, bowing to intimidation, bowing to inferiority, bowing to inadequacy can lead you to make decisions that are unhealthy for your body That's or good. make unhealthy decisions. Um, for your path. For your life. path. Yeah. Maybe it's drugs. Maybe it's alcohol. Maybe yeah. it's sex. Maybe it's overeating. Whatever it is, right. all of those things stem root out of, can be out of those three things. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and let's just, you could blanket it all and say, I didn't feel good enough. Right. So I medicated or I overate or Whatever it is. Yes. Because you're searching for something that can only be found in him. Mm -hmm. 
So I'm, I'm starting to hear this at this funeral. And so now I'm really pressing into him. And he said this phrase to me as well. We have a choice to live our lives bowing to fear and intimidation and letting inadequacy determine how much of the call of God we will do or even whether we will do it or not. So right there it told me that every one of us, we know every one of us have a destiny. Every one of us have a call of God in our life. But inadequacy, intimidation, and inferiority, if we let it, will cause us to to maybe only do a part of the call of God, or maybe we won't even do it at all. Right. Because we just never feel good enough to do the call. Right. Even though what Jesus did was more than enough. More than enough. So that we could walk in the anointing that God had placed on our life. And so when I started hearing that at the funeral, I connected with my struggle with inadequacy my whole life. Yeah. I, I, and, it, and I'll tell you how it worked for me. Uh, one area was prayer. Well, you don't pray like so-and-so. Mm-hmm. Or you don't sound like so-and-so right. in prayer. Right. And so I would get pushed back. Even though I knew I heard God's voice in prayer, I, kn- I knew he would show me things in prayer, but I still didn't feel good enough in, in myself in prayer. Mm-hmm. And another place it affected my life, my spiritual walk was uh, singing. Mm-hmm. So I would hear a song in the spirit, I would go to sing it, and fear would paralyze my vocal cords to where what I heard on the inside did not match up with what came out yeah. in my voice because of fear. Mm-hmm. And so I just would, I stopped doing it. Mm-hmm. I got so pushed back that I didn't want to step out. I didn't want to hear because I knew that it would come out not the way that I would hear it on the inside because of fear. And I did not know how to get free. Mm-hmm. I had sought God. I mean, all the things that I knew to do. Mm-hmm. And I, I knew I was still bound by this inadequacy in my life. And so, you know, that moment at the funeral, um, when he started talking about intimidation, inferiority, and inadequacy, he showed me that, uh, all those things start with I. In. Yeah. They start with the two letters in. So if I am in intimidation, if I am in inadequacy, if I am in inferiority, I am in those things and not in God. Yes. But if I'm in him, if I'm in God, then I am more than enough. More than enough. I'm an overcomer. Yeah. I am all the things that the word says I am and I have all the things the word says I have. So there's a choice. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what he was showing me is that Shannon, you can do as little or as much of the call of God or not at all based on whether you're going to do it inferior, intimidated, feeling inadequate, Mm -hmm. or whether you're going to get free of that and let me do it through you. We can't do the call of God on our own. No. So 
So sitting there at the funeral, he's he is showing you really the path of life for yourself. Right. He is showing you if you don't shake this at some some point down your life because everybody has a Jesus tarries, everybody's gonna go by way of the grave. You could be because your 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 cousin he didn't live up to what he was supposed to do. That's right. He he fought these same issues, and um, so you know it's almost like if we could paint that picture for our listeners today as well. Listen, if Jesus doesn't return in our lifetime, which we believe he will, but we have to act like he isn't, that we cannot be frozen to um, these things. And stop at the end of our life, look back and say, you know what? I should have. I should have. I should have, would have, could have. I should have, would have, could have had a boost. But I, um, so you broke three that day. Something happened to you. Yes. I left there knowing I was free. I didn't understand it all, but we left there, drove to Sioux Falls, Sioux City, Iowa. Yep. And the whole way there, he was working this message of these three eyes in me. Uh And I knew that I was not the same. Now, some of you might be saying, you mean to tell me that you go to a funeral and the Lord starts speaking to you and you get free. He will... Any kind of light, anything he can, the tiniest crack, he'll start working in it. And funerals are very, uh, you know, they're they're life-altering moments. Right. And when we are in those those spaces, uh, we learn a lot usually. Yeah. Like if if we allow ourselves to. Yeah, like the self-reflection. Absolutely. You kind of start thinking about your life and everything seems very short. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, you know, when you go to funerals and you kind of put time in perspective and, and, um, but I, I pressed in, if I hadn't pressed in, I would, I know I would not have heard what he had for me that day. So how would you help someone who's maybe dealing with the same thing? What would you tell them? Well, number one is that you have to recognize the voices that are speaking to you. That's good. And like I said before, our father, God would never speak to us and say anything to us of not enough because he knows that when we're in him, we're more than enough. How do we know that? Because that's what the word says that we are. And so, so boiling it down, step one would be judge your own thoughts, right? Take, take a good inventory of what is speaking and who is speaking and what is maybe even triggering those those thoughts to pop up in your mind. Right. And knowing that just because uh, being humble and feeling inferior are two entirely different things. Absolutely. And so a lot of times I think that um, inferiority disguises itself as humility. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, you know, I'm just I'm just being humble and I'm preferring my brother and and so forth and so on and so forth. Also, I think that. Um, sometimes pride disguises itself as um, in feeling um, inadequate. What I mean by that is we've all been in a situation where 
we have someone, a boss, maybe at work and they come in and they are, they're loud. They're like pushy. They're think they know it all, you know, and try to push what they feel on somebody. And sometimes that is actually, they feel inadequate on the inside. So they overcompensate that with their behavior. Right. So, um, so number one, I'm just trying to break it down into steps. You see what I'm doing? Number one, take a, take a, a, a real clear look at when something happens and you back up, right? What is the voice that is telling you? What is the voice saying that's telling you in your soul to back up? What is that telling you? And for you, it was, Hey, you're not good enough. Your fear is bounding you. And also even maybe comparison because comparison makes you unaware of who you actually are. It's a killer. So that would be number one. Okay. Judge your thoughts. Okay. Number two, what would you say? So number two, you have to get in, um, so you have to recognize where you are. So if you're having thoughts of inadequacy, feelings of inadequacy, intimidation, inferiority, you have to realize that you're in there. You're in, you're in those things, working with those things. Because when you are, uh, are over in him, and what I mean is, you know, the word of God says that if you abide in me, I will abide in you. So, so it's a good check. Where are you living right now? Yeah. Are you living in inadequacy and inferiority and intimidation? Or are you living in him? How do you live in him? So you live in him. It's basically your fellowship, your partnership in him. What do I mean by that? Well, you have just this one life. And in this one life, everything that you do contributes to the plan of God for your life. Mm-hmm. What do I mean by that? When I'm doing laundry when I'm taking care of my children, when I'm fixing dinner for my children, when I'm working, it's all contributing to the plan of God for my life. Wait a minute. You mean it's not just about reading the word and doing the call of God? No, your entire life, everything that you do contributes to the plan of God. God called me to be a mother. Right. God called you to be a mother. Yes. Every time we've changed a diaper, we were contributing to the plan of God in our life. Right. So how can I walk in him when I am called to change diapers and cook and work and do all the things it's called fellowship. Yeah. And it sounds like this, Holy spirit, I need to do some laundry. Right. And I want you to come with me Mm -hmm. and I want to talk to you while I do laundry. Right. And it's just simple fellowship like that, Mm -hmm. because a lot of times we can be in prayer. We can go to church We can read our Bible in the morning and we leave him right there. We don't talk to him again until we come back to it's our time to read our Bible for the day. But he wants a continual fellowship. Yes. And the continual fellowship is I'm engaging him no matter what I'm doing. Right. Because the cool thing about the Holy Spirit is the more we entreat him, the more we engage him, the more his presence comes. Yes. And the more tangible his presence is to us. And there comes a point in your life when you are so accustomed to his presence that you are unwilling to live without it. Absolutely. And that's, it is addicting. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the, that's the kind of partnership and fellowship that he longs for, that he created us for. Right. And so no matter what I'm doing, Hey, Holy Spirit, I've got a, this toilet in my house. That's not yeah, acting a to- right. A toilet? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Got a couple. But what I'm saying is, he has a, he a fix for me. He cares. And he cares about that. Absolutely. And if I 
go to him with that. He cares about that. He does. And he'll begin to talk to me. You know, if you do ABC, it'll fix that. It's true. Or he's very practical. He's very practical. And people sometimes think of he, he's this faraway blob. Yeah. But he is person. Yes. The Holy Spirit. Yes. And he lives on the inside of us. Yeah. And he is called the standby for a reason. Yeah. Because he's a gentleman. And he will stand by and let you try to work that thing in your head and figure out your own way. And he'll stand by. And sometimes I do that and I'll hear this. Are you tired of that? <laughs> Are you done with that? Yeah. What's he saying to me? I have the answer for you. Right. Come to me. Come to me. Yeah. It's, it's the same. You know, the scripture talks about come to me as a little child. Right. And that's, that's the place of you come to him, not with I know it all, not with I got it all together. No, I come to him with the ugly cry, undone, messed thing. up. Yeah. And he loves me just as much as he loves Jesus. Absolutely. And that's the thing. We don't have to come to him all fixed. And when we have that communion with him, when we're purposeful there, right? that is where he can reveal to us and does reveal to us. You know what? You are fearfully and wonderfully made. That's right. You are called and anointed. Nothing can separate you from my love. All of the things that will build you up to help you overcome those thoughts of, I'm not good enough. Right. Because you're spending time with him. Like you're saying, that fellowship, it is the antidote to the lies that the enemy speaks. Right. Because if I'm continually fellowshipping in the light, then light manifests to me. But if I am meditating uh, on how intimidated I am, how fearful I am, and I'm working you're either going to work in one place or the other. Absolutely. So yeah, if you're working in, in those thoughts of, of darkness, which is intimidation and fear and inadequacy, then more of that's going to manifest to you. Yes. But if I'm over here in the light and I'm in him and I'm letting him take me by the hand every day, then light is manifesting to me. Then what can happen? Revelation can come. Yes. Wisdom comes. Uh, more... A revelation of how much he loves me and that like you said nothing can separate me from that love mm-hmm. and um you know i want to if we can just take a moment absolutely because i can't just assume that everybody understands what intimidation and inferiority and inadequacy mean so i always think it's important to if you're dealing with something to look up what that word means so Uh, intimidation, and I'm going to use the Webster's 1828 because I just love it. It says to make fearful, to inspire with fear or to dishearten. So if you're intimidated, it means that you are inspired with fear. That's the root. That's the root. That's the root of intimidation right there is that all it means is that I'm being inspired by fear. Yeah. It's amazing when we break it down. Uh, The word timid means fearful, wanting courage to meet danger timorous and not bold still still the root there still the root here inadequate not equal to the purpose insufficient to affect the object unequal incomplete defective Mm. now let me tell you something the word of god says that we are sufficient in christ's sufficiency yeah so right there that one scripture negates that whole thing the whole thing right there 
inferior. Listen to the first words of that, in fear. The word says it all, yeah. in fear. Lower in place, lower in station, age, or rank in life. Lower in excellence or value, subordinate or less important. So many people go through their whole life not feeling seen, not feeling heard, feeling invisible because of these three eyes that have worked in their life and kept them bound. But Jesus came. Yes. To give us life yes. and life more abundantly. What's that mean? His life in him where we're complete, we're whole, yes. where fear cannot dwell where the love of God is. And I love saying this to him. I love the way you love me. And your love is so perfect for me that it casts out all the fear. Will you lead the, our listeners in that confession just uh, again one more time? So if you're feeling fear, because fear we know is a force. Mm -hmm. You can be in fear without feeling it, yeah. but it does bring f feelings. Yes. So if you're feeling that, you can just stop what you're doing. It doesn't matter where you are. And you can just say, I love the way you love me, Father. I love the way you love me, Father. Your love. Your love. Cast out all the fear. Cast out all the fear. And you love me perfectly. And you love me perfectly. And there is absolutely nothing. And there is absolutely nothing. That can separate me. That can separate me. From your love. From your love. Nothing I do. Nothing I do. Say. Say. Or ever will do or say. Or ever will do or say. Will cause you to love me less. Will cause you to love me less. And that's the truth. It's monumental. That's the word. It's 100% the truth. And when you know these things, there's a filter on your life. I think of Instagram filters. Right. It can either be a filter of insecurity, inadequacy, inferiority, where everything you see almost is like, this is the, the hard evidence that what I'm thinking is the truth. I live that. I mean, you've got evidence upon evidence upon evidence because the enemy puts a filter on every relationship, he puts a filter on every situation right. that you are in, and that's what you see. Until you break free of that, and the love of God puts a filter on everything you see. That's right. You, can, you, can, you get to choose, like you do on Instagram, what filter you are going to look through today. That's right. And not take a look at the evidence, because the enemy always has evidence. Right. Well, the, look at how that person treated me today. That's just going to show you that blah, 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 blah. He always adds evidence. Right. But the love of God will break through that. And then you'll start to see, like you do, the love of God over everything. You read the Bible, Shannon's like, that's the love of God. Yeah. In every part, I just see it like, oh, he did that because he loved. Yes. And here's the thing about fear. Fear is like a magnet. Whatever you fear... The Bible it, says it, it draws it to you. It'll come upon you. Yeah. And you can read about it in Job. Job said, the thing I have feared has come upon me. Right. So fear draws the thing you're afraid of to you. Yeah. So then you have more evidence. So then you have more evidence. But I'm telling you, when you start fellowshipping with his love, That's because good, he Jenny. is love, you start fellowshipping with him yeah. and meditating on how much he loves you. And you may think, yeah, but he doesn't. That's a lie. That's a lie. It's a filter. That's a filter. Yep. 
And it creates wrong perspectives in your life. Because the word already says, I love you. He said that. I accept you. Yes. I anoint you. Yes. I choose you. Yes. All the things that the enemy would like to tell us that nobody ever has done, and maybe nobody ever has done because I dealt with that too. I, I didn't feel like I was ever chosen. I didn't feel like I was ever accepted. I didn't feel like I was seen or heard because I came from a generation where people said, you know, children should be seen and not heard. You know, basically you're just a warm body with no voice. And so I'm talking to the people right now that feel like they don't have a voice. Oh, in him, you always have a voice. And when you start fellowshipping with his love and how much he loves you and that nothing can separate you from that love, that's where the wholeness comes. And that peace that passes all understanding in the midst of chaos comes and floods your life. And absolutely, you can walk in a place of such peace. Yes. And the further you walk in that, the quieter those other voices of intimidation, inferiority, and inadequacy become until they just have no place in your life anymore. Because after a while, Satan realizes that he can't bother you with that thing anymore because it's been defeated in your life. You have the revelation of it. It'll try to pop itself back up. Right. But you are aware. Yeah, you know immediately who's speaking to you and what that sounds like. It's like if you had moles in your yard and you knew you had moles in your yard. How do you know you have moles in your yard? Maybe you saw the moles. Maybe the, the moles made the holes. But let's say you set traps. You know, you got the moles out, of, but there were still holes. Let's say some new holes developed. You never saw a mole, but you never saw another mole, but you saw the holes. Uh, and you recognize, hey... We have moles again. Why? Because the same pattern that was before tries to pop itself up. Right. Once again. But being the, the, the real thing here is being aware. Right. Don't just allow yourself to go through them. You have to be really cognizant and aware and focused on what the enemy is trying to tell you. Right. In your thought life. Right. And I just, I'm going to, I have many, many scriptures. There are many scriptures in the Bible that deal with these three things. Maybe we can post your notes on the uh, podcast notes and then people can download those. Absolutely. Um, I'll just go through a couple of scriptures. The first scripture deals with intimidation. It's Ephesians 3.12. It says this, and I'm going to read to you out of the passion. I love it. Uh, It says, we have boldness through him. Where's our attitude? Where's our boldness come from? Him. In him. And it says, we have boldness through him and free access as kings before the Father because of our complete confidence in Christ's faithfulness. And I, I love that. I love that too. Uh, I'm sorry, that was intimidation. Uh, this scripture is about inadequacy and how we overcome it. It says, uh, 2 Corinthians 3, 6, he alone, God, he alone makes us adequate ministers who are focused on an entirely new covenant. Our ministry is not based on the letter of the law, but through the power of the spirit. The letter of the law kills, but the spirit pours out life. Pours it out. It says right there that we're adequate. If you're called to be a minister, which we all are, 
I don't care who you are. We are all in the ministry of reconciliation, which means that we take people that were an enemy and we make them a friend of God by introducing them to Jesus. That's as simple as it is. So you're a minister. And it says right here by this scripture that you are adequate. Inferior, uh, let's read uh, Colossians 3.12. You are always and dearly loved by God. So robe yourself with virtues of God since you have been divinely chosen to be holy. Be merciful as you endeavor to understand others and be compassionate, showing kindness toward all. Be gentle and humble, unoffendable in your patience with others. Read you one more of those. Ephesians 2, 6, he raised us up with Christ, the exalted one, and we ascended with him into the glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realm, for we are now co-seated as one yes. with Christ. Now, remember the definition of inferior, lower in place, lower in station, age, rank, and life, lower in excellent. Well, Ephesians 2, 6 sums that up, that we are co-seated as one, not lower co-seated as one in Christ. We were chosen and ordained before the foundation of the universe. It was his plan to adopt us as his children through our union with Christ. Union. What's that? Union. That is like, if I am a part of a union, Mm -hmm. that means people speak on my behalf. Yes. And like the union with Christ is like, I, that is the oneness. That the is fellowship. the fellowship. Yeah. That is the one life. Mm-hmm. Jesus said, apart from him, he could do nothing. Apart yeah. from the father, he could do nothing. Jesus himself. Jesus himself. But in him, all things are possible. Yeah. So as long as we stay in him, and you can tell when you start to get out of him, what draws us out of him? Fear. Fear. Intimidation. Yeah. And for inadequacy. Or lots of things. Yeah. Situation. Situations. Life. Judginess. Yeah. All kinds of things. But it's real easy to get back. How do we get back in him? Father, forgive me. Yeah. I, I yelled at my kids just right then. I, I got out of love. Forgive me. Mm-hmm. I receive your forgiveness right now. It is that easy. Yeah. Because First John 1, 9 says, he's faithful and just to forgive us, not only that, but then cleanse us yeah. from all unrighteousness. Mm-hmm. I love that scripture. I do too. You see. You know what the cool thing is? Inadequacy, intimidation, inferiority. He nailed all those things to the cross. Yes, he did. Thank you, God. And at that moment, when those nails were, be driven, it were being driven into him, inadequacy was defeated, mm-hmm. intimidation was defeated, mm-hmm. inferiority was defeated. Now we get to accept what he already did yes. before the foundation of the world. He stripped all the power of fear and intimidation and inadequacy and inferiority. He destroyed their power over us. So when that pops up, if we're looking at the practical steps and we feel that, that feeling, it comes like in the pit of your stomach. Like you can, you can almost feel it come upon you too. Like, you know, like it's a, it's a tangible thing for sure. When that comes, 
and we recognize it and we say, you know what? I'm not going to think that. And we start meditating on father, these, these scriptures that you gave us, we can start looking into that. We can right. start, we can be real honest with our fellowship with the father and say, father, I'm having, I'm having a hard time. Be honest right with now. him. Um, this just recently, um, I was asked to play piano and for a worship thing that we had and like the best piano player that I know was sitting on the front row. And I was like, hallelujah. And I had sweaty <laughs> palms and my feet were sweating. My armpits were sweating, like all the things. <laughs> and, um, and I closed my eyes, went inward. Like you talked about, that's a real, it's a real place where you can, you can, um, come back to ground zero. I like to say, you know, like back to your place, going inward, close your eyes. And I just said, father, I'm not resting on this right now. I'm I'm playing as unto you. Right. And I thank you that you said, you said I'm anointed. In your word, you said it. I'm right. anointed. And I'm not going to let this comparison that is happening five minutes before we're about to start worship. I'm not going to let it affect what we're supposed to do and, and, and what we're supposed to accomplish in this space. So I recognized, right? Same right. as you, you recognize you go inward. Right. And then you say no. Because that's the real you. It's the real me. On the inside of you is the real us yeah. in there. And in that place, going inward, closing your eyes, going inward, saying no, I'm not going to think that. I'm, it's not my thought. It's I'm not, not thought. thinking it. I'm replacing it with what he said. Right. Saying that out my mouth. Re- and, and Because we can't fight a thought with a thought. Correct. We have to fight the thought with a the, the words, words that come mouth. out of our mouth, yep. the word of our testimony, like the, like revelation says, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. What's the, what was the word of your testimony at that moment? I'm anointed. You're anointed. I was called. You were called. The pastors asked me to do this, right. you know, like whatever, like, and I was like, okay. So in that is my supply in right. that is my equipment in that is everything I needed to have a successful night right there. Right. I gave of my time. I did, you know, what I needed to do to, to be ready, you know? Right. And sometimes, um, feeling insecurity, inferior, uh, all of that. Sometimes the Holy ghost will say, Hey, uh, go get some training in this area or go look up a YouTube on this or go. And he'll tell you how to boost your knowledge in order to overcome that as well. But what's that? The Holy ghost is telling you. Absolutely. He's helping you do that. And you know, I can, I can tell you that since that day, since that funeral, the transformation that's happened in my life because of the revelation of these three eyes and getting free of them, when I'm asked to sing, when I'm asked to preach, mm-hmm. there's no more shakiness in my voice. Right. There's no more sweaty palms. There's no more, oh my goodness, I'm not going to be able to do this. It is like I step into it knowing that number one, he called me to do it. He equipped me to do it. He anointed me to do it. Yes. That's and so good. even people around me have said the difference is remarkable. Yeah, you can, you walk different. You walk different. Your posture is different. And that's, and listen, he's no respecter of persons. I love that about him, that he loves me just as much as he loves you. Absolutely. Now I do tell him that I'm his favorite. Well, so do I. But you know. (laughs) And everyone out there can say that (laughs) too. Uh, But here's the thing. He wants our listeners as free as he wanted me free. 
that you can have the same type of freedom and experience this same type of freedom in your life, just like I've done. Because we're talking about, that was November? Correct. Of 2022. So we're just talking a couple months ago. And it is almost like I don't recognize that person that was intimidated, inferior, and inadequate. Because I've connected with the real me. The real me is bold. The real me is anointed. The real me knows who I am and walks in that place. And it's like you get to the point where you're like, no. I draw the line in the sand and I will not go back to being that defeated person. Yeah. And so when he, like you said, he will still try to come to me. I'm like, nope. Yep. My father, my father doesn't talk to me like doesn't that. Talk to me. He hasn't, uh, he has made me in his image. Yes. And I love that because that's a, that's a word of your testimony right there. Absolutely. Like you said, I'm fearfully and wonderfully fearfully made in his image. And wonderfully made. So good, Shani. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful to be free. And I believe that through this podcast that we'll hear testimonies. I do too. And and we want to help you. We want to hear from you. Um, we want we know that freedom is not only possible, it's practical. And these this was Bible based, scripture based, Holy Ghost filled, practical overcoming of things that have um, been sent to stop your assignment, but I'm telling you what, today is a new day. Yes. And, and we believe that you're going to see yourself, um, breaking free of all of those things as well, as you put into practice what the, what the Lord would have you to do. Amen. Amen. I invite you uh, to follow Shannon's new YouTube channel and it is Shannon Phillips. Uh, the handle is one, the number one life in him. That's one life in him on YouTube and also my YouTube channel, Kylie Gatewood Ministries. We would love to uh, see you on there. We have some resources for you that I believe will be a blessing. Uh, Thank you for listening to Winning the Week this week. We uh, have some exciting things coming for next week, so you don't want to miss an episode. Don't forget, winning the mind battle is not only practical. No, don't forget. (laughs) Let me do it again. Don't forget. Oh. (laughs) don't forget don't laugh (laughs) she's forgot (laughs) don't forget winning the mind battle is not only possible it's practical (laughs) see y'all next week